and you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Coming to you on the Mojo Five O Radio Network and broadcasting from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio, available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes, or shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. I want to encourage you to call the vent line and leave your rants. That number is 772-245-0750. 772-245-0750. You know, I wonder how many people really have this virus. Uh, they're only testing people who are showing symptoms, but we know that uh, over 80% of the people that are carriers uh, will show no symptoms. Young people, people with uh, strong immune systems. And uh, and even those that do show symptoms, uh, those symptoms mostly will be mild and um, and could be mistaken for allergies or just a common cold. I think I've had the virus. I was I had flu symptoms for about three days. I didn't have any uh, any infection in my in my chest, no respiratory issues, but I had uh, malaise and joint aches and um, had a, a fever. On the third day, I woke up in the middle of the night covered with sweat, and uh, and that was the first real high fever I showed. Uh, I took some Tylenol and it went away. And I called the the triage nurse down here where I'm located. Uh, to see if I needed to come in for a test. And she told me that after the fever breaks, 72 hours later, you're no longer um, infectious, communicable. And that uh, I didn't need to come in. Seemed like a perfectly reasonable response to me. And I think a lot more people have had this virus than uh, than realize it. Uh, I know everybody's been shut in, but everybody's been gathering at the at the grocery store. Um. And, uh, and, you know, that's a good as place, good a place as any to pick up this virus in my house. Um, one of the first things I did was call for my, my young adult daughters to come home, um, because I believed, and I, I think I've been borne out that the greatest danger from this virus was, uh, food shortages and, uh, and other, uh, social upheaval. That turned out to be right. Uh, so I got my daughters to come home. They both brought boyfriends in tow and uh, were made to sleep in separate bedrooms. And um, and one of those daughters had been working retail until her store closed down. And the other had taken the opportunity of the low, low airfares to jaunt all over the country. He visited San Diego and Vail, Colorado. You know, those uh, those airfares uh, that uh, just bottomed out were a great opportunity for young people to see the world uh, with very little actual threat to them. Although, um, you know, they they could become carriers. And I think that it's possible they brought it to my house. My wife, Liz, the lovely Liz, hasn't shown any symptoms, but I had that uh, that that short bout that may or may have not been the coronavirus. Shoot me an email and let me know if uh, you think you may have. Um, actually caught the virus and shown symptoms. I'd love to hear from you. 
they say that this uh, virus hits men worse than women. And so that might explain why, uh, why Liz hasn't shown any symptoms. They don't say, they haven't told us if uh, the 57 other genders that have been identified by Facebook and the, uh, the leftists uh, are showing any symptoms. You know, I, I guess, since they believe that gender is so fluid that uh, if you wanted to protect yourself from the virus, you could just, and you were a man, you could just identify as a woman until the virus passes. Uh, you know, this the, these things are so fluid that uh, you can, from one day to the next, change your gender. So maybe uh, one of the ways to avoid the virus is just, and, and its terrible effects, is just to identify as a woman. Uh so, so, you know, you got to take your entertainment where you can get it now that they've got all the, the bars and restaurants and uh, beaches and parks and everything closed. And the, my daily source of entertainment has become more and more these, these press conferences that, that Trump holds. They've got a lot of great information when they open up. And then the president goes and starts taking questions from the assembled media and that is just a, a great comic relief from all of this yesterday a reporter and I, I don't recognize the guy i don't know what outlet he was with but apparently this is the first time he got one of those coveted seats inside the uh, the press briefing and he had his finally had his chance on the national stage with the whole world watching to ask a question of the president of the united states and uh well it didn't go well to, for him, to say the least. Through the roof. So, you know, hopefully they're going to vote. They're going to vote for the right candidate. Yeah, please. Hey, I was just checking on oil again today. I was wondering. Oil? Yeah. Where is it today? <laughs> well, I, I was wondering if you. Would... No, no. Where's the price? Give me the price. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, How can you ask a question when you don't know the price? <laughs> I'll look it up for you. Okay, let me do somebody uh, else. Do you highly critical so this guy, he gets one of these seats in the press briefing room. Maybe they uh, they went ahead and kicked out the communist Chinese uh, reporter. Uh, and, you know, he had to have prepared. He said, oh, I'm going to ask Trump a gotcha question on the price of oil. But, uh, you know, the standards in the media have fallen so much that he didn't bother to inform himself on exactly what the price of oil was. And the president caught him out and then just bypassed him. Let me just go to somebody else, he said. <laughs> you gotta find, kind of feel bad for this guy. But, you know, at this point, it's hard to feel bad for anybody in the discredited media. Uh, I found another clip. This is, uh, this is Trump commenting on, you know, the, the shortage of these seats and um, how much better, how much more enjoyable than it is uh, than usual, you know, to, to have just a few of the reporters in the room. And Deborah Burks was at the microphone, and apparently Trump decided to have a little bit of fun. False negatives or false positives. I have a question for you. So we have a lot of very angry media all around this room, <laughs> and they want one of these seats. But because of social distancing, we are keeping them empty. <laughs> And they are keeping them empty. Will there ever be a time when all of those really angry, angry people <laughs> don't like me much to start off with, but now they really don't like me? Will there ever be a time when these seats are full, like full to the brim like it used to be, where people are almost sitting on each other's lap? And this whole 
rollovers are his pack. And now they're outside wanting to get in, and they're very jealous of all of these reporters. Will we ever have that again, or is that something that will be... You know, it'll look like this forever. So we're learning a lot about social media. <laughs> uh, Dr. Burks didn't address his question. She was looking at him while he was answering it like a uh, a disappointed school marm. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I know we're not supposed to be making light of this, but, uh, you know, the comedians aren't funny anymore. You try to get some comic relief by tuning into the nightly comedy shows, and and you basically get the same story from the the left wing news media on CNN or MSNBC. So <laughs> Trump is doing a tour de force. Not only is he addressing the coronavirus, not only is he keeping the nation informed about the response to the coronavirus, but you can tune in and get your comic relief when he uh, when he takes out after the poor news media as well. You know, it's kind of a shame because. Uh, that reporter was on a, uh, a an important topic, this uh, the pr- price of oil and how the uh, Saudis and the Russians are engaged in this uh, price war that just so happens to come at a time when demand is at its lowest and when uh, a price war between those two could uh, could threaten to bankrupt and force out of business a lot of our domestic oil suppliers. And um, and Ted Cruz of Texas appeared on um, on Squawk Box on CNBC uh, and was asked about uh, this and brought some light to it. Senator President Trump is speaking this morning, and he's saying at this point that he's going to be calling the Russian President Putin today to talk about oil and other matters. He also says that Saudi Arabia and Russia both went crazy on the oil issue. Uh, Coming from the state of Texas, obviously, the lower oil prices are a big hit there. Do you think the president should use his influence with either Saudi Arabia or Russia to try and get them to stop producing so much oil right now? Absolutely. I think that is a a major priority, especially uh, for my home state, uh, of Texas. And, and if you look at what happened right in the midst of, of this coronavirus crisis, a public health crisis that, 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 that is dominating uh, our, our focus and, and an economic crisis that is flowing from it, millions of people losing their jobs, the Saudis and the Russians chose to take advantage of that crisis by flooding the market and driving the price of oil way, way down. And, and, and that was opportunistic. It was designed with a very explicit purpose that the Saudis are hoping to drive out of business American producers, and in particular shale producers, largely in, in the Permian Basin in Texas and, and in North Dakota, although also in, in a number of, of oil-producing states across the country. Um, and that behavior, I think, is wrong, and I think it is it is taking advantage of a country that's a friend. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I joined. So, Jim, you might say, we like these low oil prices. I think some places in Texas and Oklahoma are actually dropping below $1 a gallon. We like these low oil prices. Isn't this great? Why would you want to do anything to prop up the price of oil at the pump? I can tell you is because uh, this is the same predatory practices that landed us in this disaster with China. They come in, they flood the market, they force domestic producers out, and then after they've eliminated the competition, then they've got free reign on prices and, and have control over our markets. So the rise of our domestic energy production 
stabilized oil prices, put them at relative lows compared to uh, what we had been experiencing when we were dependent on on foreign sources of oil from countries run by dictators that hate us to a large extent. So, yeah, we, we do need to make sure that um, we protect our domestic oil supply. And I would argue that if that includes putting tariffs on imported oil, uh, you know, not to to drive it up to historic highs, but to put a floor under it so that our producers aren't forced out of business, and uh, then we should do that. So they're still uh, they're still doing these hydroxy gotcha questions at these press briefings, and apparently they've learned that Donald Trump had some in- investments in companies that uh, that you know produce pharmaceuticals and could ramp up to produce hydroxychloroquine. They're not doing it now, but it could happen. And this is a great illustration of just how lazy the news media has become. They didn't bother to do their homework. They just found out that, uh, you know, Trump owns stock in a company called uh, Dodge and Cox. Well, actually it's a, a mutual fund that holds some, pharmaceuticals inside it it's going to be pretty hard to find any mutual fund that doesn't hold pharmaceuticals inside it but if they had bothered to do their homework they'd find out the docs the docs and cox fund dodge and cox fund holds about 2.9 percent of its money in uh in a company called sanofi so trump owns a a hedge fund or a a mutual fund that's got 2.9 percent and a company that stands to benefit, by the way, the, the investment that he's got in that mutual fund is between 1000 and $15,000. So literally, Trump stands to gain hundreds of dollars if it turns out that hydroxychloroquine is effective. The, the guy that donates his, his $400,000 a year presidential salary stands to gain hundreds of dollars. And you've heard on Morning Joe on NMSNBC, Eugene Robinson of the Washington Post saying, oh, it must be because Donald Trump has got investments in hydroxychloroquine. And New York Times and, and all of the news media have been parroting this story. You know who else has got investments in pharmaceutical companies that could could manufacture hydroxychloroquine? I do. If you've got money in the markets, you almost certainly do as well. Now, I don't have as much as Donald Trump, who's got anywhere between 1000 and $15,000 invested in mutual funds that own as their underlying investments. But I, I stand to benefit as well, so I guess I could be called into question for saying that uh, that hydroxychloroquine shows promise. And wondering why the mainstream media is so determined to stomp on anybody that uh, that points this out, including the 6,000 doctors that are prescribing it for this. You know, if somebody wanted to ask a relevant question, they might ask how many lives have been saved by hydroxychloroquine in these zithromycin packs? Now, that would be some real reporting. We know that the, the deaths that... Fauci and the modelers have predicted have not come to pass. It looks like instead of the, you know, two to 400,000 people that 
or the, the modelers predicted to die from this, even with all of this radical uh, lockdown of the economy, that number is going to be about the low end of that number is going to be about four times what is actually going to come to pass. It looks like now they're, they're revising their numbers down to about 60,000. I predicted early on in this that that number was going to be about 50,000. So uh, a little retired firefighter uh, with a radio show was more accurate than that uh, on the, the number of deaths or projections just by generally watching the news and and um, and making conclusions than the, the modelers who were originally predicting it was going to be two to four million. They revised it down to 200,000 to 400,000. And even that is way, way out of line. I was, I was uh, closer in my estimate by orders of magnitude than the, than the experts. You know, while they're asking questions about Donald Trump's financial interest in hydroxychloroquine, you would think that somebody might, want to ask Joe Biden about all the money that his family took from China. China, of course, gave his son a $1.5 billion investment in a, uh, a, a, uh, venture capital firm. I think, I think they even put him on the board. He makes a lot of money off these boards. So does uh, all of Joe Biden's family. So, you know, Donald Trump had said that uh, he thought the number of deaths was going to be much less as well. And it turns out he was right again. He said early on that the death rate is going to be much less than the 3.5% that the experts were telling him. It turns out it's going to be less than a half a percent, somewhere between 3.5 and uh, or, or 0.035 and 0.05. Which makes it um, marginally more deadly than the annual flu. Trump is also right about, uh, you know, Como's, uh, the New York governor's screaming his head off about how many ventilators he needs. He, he said that he thinks Andrew Como is not going to need nearly the number of ventilators that he was uh, predicting. Turns out he was right about that, too. You won't hear any of the news media that were attacking him as being cynical, bring that to your attention. Hey, I want to remind you to run on over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Let me type that into to my um, internet here, and that will take you to my Patriot Supply. They've sold out of their two-week emergency food supply now, but you can still get a four-week emergency food supply. That would be a two-week emergency f- supply for two people. Or you could just get two four-week emergency supplies. But if you order that today, you'll get 2,000 calorie-a-day serving um, um, meals, total of 284 servings, breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, and snacks, 12 varieties of food with a 25-year shelf life. You'll save $100, and if you order today, you'll get free shipping and handling. Normally $297 available today for $197 with free shipping and handling. Go over to my Patriot. Oh, actually go over to prepare with Mojo 50. 
be sure to use that URL so uh, so this network will get credit for the uh, for the purchase. Prepare with Mojo50.com. So uh, one of the other little kerfuffles that has broken out at these daily news conferences is that the uh, the media is bound and determined that uh, they're going to allow the Democrats to reshape this upcoming election to allow mail-in voting. The Democrats are, are signaling that they're going to put in mail-in voting requirements in their phase four of the economic relief package, which looks more and more like it's not needed any longer and will just be another boondoggle um, gravy train for the Democrats. They want to put in the same mail-in voting schemes that allowed them to take over the Republican bastion of Orange County, California, with these vote harvesting schemes. Jim Acosta, who made it into the briefing room, uh, is on top of the story. You said, well, if they do that uh, vote by mail, perhaps we'll have voter fraud in this country. I just wanted to ask you, voters in five states, Utah, Colorado, Hawaii, Washington, and Oregon, all vote by mail. Can you or the White House staff or your campaign provide any evidence to back up your claim? Did you notice something about all of those states that he just mentioned? They're all run by Democrats. So, yeah, of course they want vote in um, mail because the Democrats have been engaging in voter fraud since Reconstruction after the Civil War. They're going to continue to do it. They don't want anybody to have voter IDs, you notice, but they want people to vote from home as much as possible. Can you or the White House staff or your campaign provide any evidence to back up your claim that mail-in voting is rife with fraud, like the example you gave of people working in rooms filling out yeah. false ballots? Yeah. Well, all you had to do was look uh, what went on in California, and there, there have been a, a lot of voter fraud cases. The Democrats continue to parrot this line that there's no proof of voter fraud. No matter how much proof you give them, they'll continue to say that. But back to this clip. What happened, what happened since the yeah. beginning of this administration? It's very fair. And where's the evidence of it? The, uh, I think there's a lot of evidence, but we'll provide you with some, okay? And there's evidence that's being compiled just like it's being compiled in the state of California where they settled with Judicial Watch saying that a million people should not have been voting. And uh, you saw All that? Did you, wait, excuse me. Well, I'm just rare. telling you. I'm telling you. In California, in the great state of California, they settled, and we could have gone a lot further. Judicial Watch settled where they agreed that a million people should not have voted. That's just, well, they didn't vote, but a million people were on the voter rolls in uh, Los Angeles County that had either died or moved. They hadn't cleaned up their voter rolls. Can you imagine how many votes they harvested from people who were on the rolls but no longer eligible uh, either by death or are no longer living there to vote. Where they were 115 years old and lots of things and people were voting in their place. Uh, what I see and, you know, every one of those states that you mentioned is uh, a state that happens to be won by the Democrats. And if you have a position like me where it's registered, you're here and we're voting someplace. So anyway, you know, absentee voting is a real thing. Uh, you should have to include some form of identification even to do that. But the Democrats, when they stop uh, opposing voter ID, that's the point when I'll listen to the, any of their voting schemes. You recall, 
we used to play clips uh, from Project Veritas that got inside the Hillary Clinton campaign where they were bragging about busing in voters. They said they were going to continue to do that. They've been doing that for years, and they were going to continue to do it, and it's not going to stop. we got to run out to a break when we come back. We're going to look at poor old Bernie Sanders. He has dropped out of the presidential campaign, but never you worry. The Democrats have adopted his Marxist agenda. Maybe Bernie can buy himself yet another mansion. Maybe he'll buy one in the uh, in Cuba this time. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, the lovely Liz has found a new project. She's always got to have a project going on. Uh, she spent the first two weeks of this shut-in festooning the house with molding. So uh, we were going to the Lowe's for our essential molding supplies. And then, of course, I had to uh, to miter all of the, the molding, and uh, she was putting them up and painting them and making the house look beautiful. But we finished that project now, and now she's out on the lanai. That's what she calls it. I call it the patio. She's out on the lanai with her sewing machine making face masks. She saw that uh, people are making homemade face masks, and so she is... Uh, She's hard at work making the whole family and all of our friends and neighbors face masks. And these are not going to be just your regular face masks. These are going to be fashionable face masks that have, uh, you know, that are designed for a tight fit and, uh, and, and maximum filtration. She's using high thread count sheets uh, with some, uh, some non-woven fabric uh, uh, as well. And uh, and they're they're all going to have fashionable uh, patterns on them. You know, I would like to get out and go fishing myself. Fishing seems to be the perfect social distancing uh, activity. Out on a boat, offshore, miles from shore, and probably miles from anybody else. But our uh, our our brilliant leaders have shut down the boat ramps. 
I mean, we're, we're, we're reaching to the point of uh, absurdity. They're shutting down the boat ramp so you can't go fishing because they're afraid you're going to spread a virus. I guess we need to look to New York City on how to handle this. They, uh, the Department of Health over up there that's run by a woman that was telling people as late as February to, to get out and attend parades in Chinatown. And, uh, and that this was uh, no cause for concern. Of course, now we see that uh, that might have not have been the, uh, the best recommendation. But now New York Health Department is on the topic. They're advising people that if you must engage in sexual activity, that you limit it to your um, autoerotic <laughs> uh, exercises, hijinks. They're telling people that if you must engage in sexual activities, you need to pleasure yourself. So that's the <laughs> that's the level that they're operating up uh, uh, on still to this day in New York City. I don't think anybody that uh, is inclined to pleasure themselves need any uh, in advice or encouragement to to do that. But that is uh, that's their recommendation. Don't go fishing. Please stay in your home and pleasure yourself. So, of course, you know by now that old Bernie Sanders has dropped out of the race. Apparently, he has uh, he's taken this this uh, scam as far as he can take it. I'm kind of encouraged by it, you know, that he couldn't get traction yet again. That there there still remains hope that the American people are not buying into his Marxist prescriptions and, uh, and that he has been forced to drop out. I suspect that the return on his investment uh, into these, these uh, Democrat primaries has probably uh, sort of petered out on him. This has always been a money-making proposition for old Bernie, who is taking in tens of millions of dollars. I think he spent $180 million on this most, most uh, recent campaign. He raised much, much more money than, uh, than the nominee, Joe Biden. And, uh, and of course the number one thing he was doing with that was ad buys. And he was, uh, channeling those ad buys through companies owned by his wife and her cronies. And they were taking 15% right off the top. So you can prepare to see news stories of uh, Bernie Sanders buying yet another mansion. Maybe he'll buy this one down in Cuba or Venezuela this time. But uh, Bernie Sanders has enriched himself and his family and all of his friends off of these runs. So Biden is, uh, is now going after Bernie Sanders voters. There's no reason he won't get them because basically uh, Biden and the rest of the Democrats have adopted a, a majority of Bernie Sanders' policy positions. He uh, he wants open borders. So does Joe Biden now. He wants free health care for illegal aliens now. Joe Biden wants it. Joe Biden's all in on sanctuary cities. Of course, that was uh, one of the key issues that Bernie Sanders was advocating more sanctuary cities, more open borders. This is after uh, having, you know, while he was a senator, opposed mass immigration, 
because it hurts workers. It in fact does quite apparent, uh, quite obviously. And of course, Joe Biden's now all on board with ending fossil fuels. We got to go all in on the green new deal. Biden has modified that slightly. He calls it his green deal. It's not a green new deal. It's just Biden's green deal. So Joe Biden is now the heir apparent. Let's listen to this clip from Tucker Carlson, the great Tucker Carlson on Joe Biden and his history with China. As the threat from China grew larger and more threatening and much more obvious over the decades, Biden seemed to grow more accommodating to the Chinese government. In 2000, for example, the U.S.-China Trade Relations Act gave China normal trade status. What does that mean? Well, in her book, China Rx, Rosemary Gibson, who we've had on the show, details how that piece of legislation opened the floodgates for Chinese drug imports. Within three years of the bill passing, America lost its last aspirin factory, its last vitamin C facility, its last penicillin plant. Our ability to make critically vital antibiotics in this country vanished, and that was a serious blow to our national security. And yet, Joe Biden voted for that bill. He went on to oppose amendments to it that would have put pressure on China to release political prisoners and stop forced abortions. Eleven years later, in 2011, Biden still didn't see the threat. In fact, he appeared to welcome it. That year, he said, quote, a rising China is a positive development, not only for China, but for America. The day that Biden gave that speech, millions of Americans had already lost their jobs. They'd been shipped overseas to China. Chinese students were already flooding America's schools and research labs, crowding out Americans, stealing the data and information in the end would boost the Chinese economy to where it stands today, larger than ours. It's hard to believe Biden said that, but it wasn't the only time he did. Here was Biden last May on the campaign trail. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. They're not bad folks, folks. But guess what? They're not a they're, they're not, not, they're competition for us. They're not a competition for us, says Joe Biden. They're a competition for us, both economically, militarily, and now we know that they've got a roadmap. If they ever want to destroy the American economy, all they got to do is produce another one of these coronaviruses in their, their lab in Wuhan and unleash it on the world. So, you know, while the media is uh, hot on the trail of Donald Trump making hundreds of dollars, possibly, off of hydroxychloroquine, literally hundreds of dollars. They're totally ignoring the fact that uh, Joe Biden is basically beholden to China in their pockets. It's not a, it's not a theory. You can watch and learn. His son is going to make millions of dollars on that investment that the Chinese Communist Party owned, Bank of China. Put into his venture capital firm. They weren't. They weren't investing with, oh, Goldman Sachs, or, or any of the other big banks on Wall Street. They decided that they were going to put their billion and a half dollar investment in the capable hands of Hunter Biden, a renowned drug addict who had been kicked out of the U.S. Navy, and uh, who. You know, I guess in their eyes, gave them an in with a possible future presidential candidate. But Biden has adopted most of Bernie's policies now. 
He wants free health care for illegals, open borders, eliminating fossil fuels. But you'll, if you look closely, you'll see that Joe Biden hasn't adopted any really anti-establishment views. He is still the same Wall Street crony, the same um, slave to the bankers. He's been carrying the water for the, the banks for his entire career. He's still all in on, uh, on you know, pro- linking our economy and our future, our economic future, with China. He was all on board for all of these useless wars in the Middle East and Iran and, uh, I, uh, and uh, I mean, in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria. People will say, oh, you had to go into Afghanistan. No, you didn't. What you needed to do was go in there and find bin Laden and kill him and bomb the crap out of the Taliban and tell them if they didn't, you know, uh, correct their ways and stop letting uh, terrorists set up training camps in their borders that we'd come back and do it again. But now we've been in Afghanistan for almost 20 years. But you know, one thing that Bernie's campaign has done, it's been a, a major paradigm shift for the Democrats. The Republicans have already gone through their paradigm shift. They've converted themselves from a pro-establishment, pro-Wall Street party to a pro-worker party, a pro-free enterprise party, a, a pro-small business party, a pro-America party. And now the Democrats have gone through the same paradigm shift, and thanks to Bernie Sanders, they've transformed themselves into an anti-American party and an anti-worker party and a pro-Wall Street party. And I guess the big bet next big question we've got to ask ourselves is who is Joe Biden going to pick as his vice president? He's promised to pick a woman and he's made, uh, made strong indications that he intends it to be a black woman. So that would limit the field down to Kamala Harris, who is now pretending to be a black woman uh, before she was calling herself Indian American, but uh, there's uh, evidently more juice in being a black American. So she's, she's a, she's a black American. Now the son or the daughter, pardon me, I had a Joe Biden moment there, the daughter of a uh, Indian American mother and a Jamaican American father. Or maybe Biden can go all in and, and uh, tap the, the governor of Georgia to hear her tell it, Stacey Abrams. Either way, it is going to be a uh, – it's not going to be good for the Democrats. Kamala Harris has zero personality, zero likability, and if people look at her and realize that Joe Biden is the only thing that stands between her and – uh, the presidency, I don't think many people are going to, to vote for Kamala Harris. I've got a clip here if I can uh, get it up. She's, uh, she's all in on this hydroxychloroquine must be bad because Trump supports it uh, jag that the rest of the media is on. She says she has no idea why Donald Trump continues to promote this drug that's been that's been approved since pain and almost since uh, the 1950s here we go 
has been proven to give relief from pain and almost disability to people with rheumatoid arthritis, people with lupus. And right now, I, I'm hearing all over the place that people are hoarding this drug in a way that those who need it to relieve their pain and extend the quality of their life may not be able to get it, all because the president keeps taking the stage. And it, as opposed to what Dr. Fauci and medical health professionals are telling us, pushing this drug. He's got to stop. He's not. He's not. We don't want a drug pusher for president. Oh, Donald Trump's a drug pusher for president and people are hoarding hydroxychloroquine. And so people that need it for lupus and rheumatoid arthritis can't get it, ignoring entirely the fact that Donald Trump has um, procured about 30 million doses of this drug to handle this uh, this uh, coronavirus. And, uh, and those, uh, those stores are being prescribed by, drug, uh, by um, doctors across the country, 6,000 of them. And nobody's asking whether or not the hydroxychloroquine may be the reason why these, uh, see, these death tolls are so much lower than predicted by the experts. So, yeah, if, if you want to put Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams on the ticket, Stacey Abrams can't even manage her own budget. When she was running for governor in Georgia, it came out that she was deeply, deeply in credit card debt and, and years behind on her property taxes. She wants to be in charge of the budget for the United States. She can't handle her own household budget. Okay, now's the time I need to remind you to run over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's my store at AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get your banana bag oral solution. This is a, uh, a solution that's designed by a pharmacist to prevent you from becoming dehydrated or treat you if you have become dehydrated. And it's, uh, it's a, a powder that you mix with water, six or eight ounces of water. It is loaded with electrolytes and B vitamins and A vitamins designed to restore and uh, support your immune system. Just a solution for what you need in these uh, trying days. Last thing you want to do is end up at the emergency room. And uh, this banana bag oral solution is a great way to treat yourself at home instead of ending up on an IV if you become dehydrated. You get five packs for $15.50 with free same-day shipping. Get your banana bag oral solution today. It comes in adult and pediatric form. If you've got underlying health conditions like uh, diabetes or or any of these um, uh, GI issues, gastrointestinal issues, this is a fantastic product to have on hand. While you're there at AmericaFirstRadio.shop, you can get a couple of T-shirts that I've got up there. Failure to prep is prepping to fail, and a country boy can survive. Go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get yours today. So I don't want to get overconfident or anything. I don't want to say we've got this in the bag, but it seems to be pretty hard to imagine a way that Joe Biden, who is still locked in his basement and has trotted out you know, periodically to make uninformed statements or to demand that Donald Trump do something that he's already doing, or really illustrate on a national stage the self-evident fact that he can't formulate a sentence. 
Um, but you know, in this virtual campaigning, uh, Brad Parcell at the, at the Trump campaign is just cleaning Biden's and the Democrats clocks. And I saw an interesting example of that. Now you've got, you've got Google out there. They're trying to suppress any nationalist, uh, content. Uh, you know, they're, they're promoting legacy media and trying to, uh, suppress any sort, uh, sort of alternative media like this. By the way, this is the last, uh, yesterday was the last show that's going to appear on uh, YouTube that is owned by Google and where they've uh, they've suppressed my content to near zero. Um, but I, I found a clip. This is a, a clip of Alexa responding to a question that kind of illustrates that maybe Brad Parcell is uh, is outworking the Democrats when it comes to winning the Internet. Alexa, how long will the coronavirus last? The virus itself may last only two more weeks or so, but the faction known as the Democrat Party will continue to make it last psychologically for at least six more months. (laughs) Their motivation is to thoroughly ruin the economy and blame our great President Trump for it. They are trying to stop his inevitable re-election by any surreptitious means possible. It is well known that people who do not suffer from TDS are too smart for this hoax and will not allow it to go beyond four more weeks. The lazy Americans with TDS will continue to milk the government for more money and time off from work confusing it with being their sugar daddy. We can agree that not longer than four to six weeks in America will be back online. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that was uh, put up or if that was an actual Alexa response, but that was great. So it's coming to light now that, uh, you know, those, uh, those, those, I think, I guess it was seven days that the, the Nancy Pelosi delayed the coronavirus relief package for entirely political reasons. She had it loaded up with, uh, not only pork, which she ended up getting over $2 billion worth of pork for her, her, uh, cons- her, her special interests, but, uh, she also wanted, um, you know, the, the green new deal in it. She wanted, um, um, voting by mail in there. She wanted, uh, just a whole laundry list of Democrat policy subscriptions that they had prescriptions that they had been advocating had nothing whatsoever to do with the green new deal. What it, it turns out that that seven day delay cost millions of American jobs as small businesses were laying people off with the uncertainty created by that. And it has now uh, created incentives to make it harder for businesses to find workers. They want to, they want to continue. The Democrats do, of course, to flood the country with the illegal aliens to to fill those jobs. And now they're talking about their their uh, latest relief package. They want a phase four. I don't think it's going to be needed, and it's going to be just a Democrat grab bag of of goodies. One of the things that they're starting to promote is uh, they want illegal immigrants to receive direct aid in this next package. So it's not enough that the Democrats uh, have encouraged illegals to flood our country, to drive down wages and take American jobs. Now they want American taxpayers on the hook to pay illegal immigrants for the privilege of uh, 
having done so. So if that if that does get into any sort of Democrat relief package, I certainly think the president should ought, ought to veto it. And uh, if somehow they do get some of this uh, direct aid to illegal immigrants, maybe maybe the uh, way to distrib- distribute these government checks ought to be to collect them at your local ICE office, whereupon that money could be used to buy a bus ticket to send these illegal aliens back to their home countries. Already the physical burden of the illegal alien is costing American taxpayers at minimum, at minimum $115 billion each and every year. It's been going on for 30 years now. No telling how, how many trillions of dollars. So let's talk about this little uh, dust up between Donald Trump and this director of the World Health Organization. This is uh, the same World Health Organization, of course, that's uh, funded by and large by United States taxpayers. And the president, um, well, I guess we'll start with this clip of Mike Pompeo uh, at the press conference yesterday pointing out that at the very minimum, you can say that the World Health Organization failed spectacularly in its response to this current crisis. We, we need to make sure that not only the World Health Organization, but every international organization, that we take taxpayer money and give it to them uh, for the benefit of America. We need to make sure it's delivering on those taxpayer dollars. The World Health Organization is no different in that respect. We have, they have to execute on the mission that they are designed to achieve. And we've seen, with respect to the World Health Organization, here we are. We have, we have, it hasn't accomplished what it was intended to deliver. Well, that's the diplomatic version that you might expect to hear from the uh, the Secretary of State. Donald Trump is not quite so diplomatic in his description of the World Health Organization's failures. The uh, WHO, that's the World Health Organization, receives vast amounts of money from the United States. And... Uh, we pay for a majority, a biggest portion of their money. And they uh, actually criticized and disagreed with my travel ban at the time I did it. And they were wrong. They've been wrong about a lot of things. And they had a lot of information early, and they didn't want to do very — they seemed to be very China-centric. And uh, we have to look into that. So we're going to look into it. We pay for — we give a majority of the money that they get. And it's much more than the 58. $58 million is a small portion of what they've gotten over the years. Sometimes they get much more than that. Sometimes it's for programs that they're doing, and, and it's much bigger numbers. And if the programs are good, that's great as far as we're concerned. But we want to look into it. World Health Organization, because they really are uh, – they called it wrong. They call it wrong. Everybody was criticizing Trump for, uh, you know, not responding to this virus in early January. Well, in early January, the World Health Organization was still Trump uh, parroting the Chinese Communist Party lies that this uh, this this uh, virus could not spread human to human. They they were saying that there was no examples of human to human spread. So that's how the virus got a foothold. And as soon as President Trump found out that, in fact, it was spreading human to human, 
And that, by the way, was uh, because of a report that was authored by Peter Navarro. The president, two days later, shut down all air travel from the affected regions, with the exception of American citizens that were returning home. So now you've got this World Health Organization bureaucrat who is basically uh, a mouthpiece for China responding to the president's uh, promises to look at and put a hold on American funding for the World Health Organization. Two things to the world. Number one, at national level, we should be able to work across party lines across phases, across other differences that we have, across ideology. Across communist dictatorships and American uh, democracies, apparently. Please don't politicize this virus. It exploits the differences you have at the national level. If you want to be exploited, and if you want to have many more body bags, then you do it. To me, that sounds like a little bit of a veiled threat. So he's basically saying, um, I'm going to prepare it, the official line from the Communist Party that gave this virus um, the ability to escape from Wuhan and infect the entire world. And we need to continue to ignore ideological differences, such as the difference between free democracies and communist Chinese dictatorships, whose official line that I've been parroting. And if you don't do that, we're going to have many more body bags. Yeah, the president is absolutely right to freeze the funding of the World Health Organization until they fire this clown and put somebody up there that uh, will do the job. That takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Look forward to talking to you then. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.